Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by VistapropertyReport.com. Check it out. It's the ultimate in site selection. They use cell phones or smartphones, location data, to really determine uh, everything about a location. Check it out for free and get some free reports at VistapropertyReport.com slash CRE show. Well, today we're talking about healthcare. We're talking about medical office buildings. Uh, we're going to talk to a broker well-known in the industry, get an update on, on cap rates and, and uh, market performance. After that, we'll talk to a developer, owner of medical office buildings uh, about some operation strategies during this time. Please welcome my first guest is Paul Zeman. And he's president of Healthcare Real Estate Services with Bull Realty. Paul, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. Well, Paul, you know, since you sell uh, medical office buildings all the time, I think it's kind of interesting to uh, get from you kind of what you're seeing on uh, cap rate trends and performance trends. But first of all, I want to get to kind of sales volume. It seems like most every property type, kind of the sales volume uh, year to date 2020 uh, after the, the uh, uh, COVID situation, uh, the volumes dropped. Uh, what about medical office building sales? Well, you know, Michael, I really focus on the more institutional quality medical office building. So a minimum of $5 million, but really more of a sweet spot of 20 to $50 million. So those are really kind of the, the numbers that I help track. And in that, in that wheelhouse of 5 million and greater, uh, year to date dollar volume is currently just a little over 5 million, I'm sorry, $5 billion, which is um, you know, now that we're about three quarters of the way through the year, uh, really 10 billion is the number that you'd like to get to. Uh, and it's clear that I, I don't think that we're going to see 10 billion this year. Uh, we're, we're behind where we were in previous years. Uh, but I do think that we're going to have a very strong fourth quarter. And what do you feel like we're going to have strong fourth quarter? I think that a lot of the, um, a lot of the frustration that was caused by COVID, uh, a lot of the pause that was put on by a lot of buyers in the market, uh, and even more so by sellers. I think that a lot of the sellers were being bashful about taking their properties to market. Um, you know, during during the the beginning of the pandemic, and or a lot of them, physician owners especially, might have just been too busy, obviously working on on healthcare, uh, than to, to be focused on their real estate. So uh, I think that we're kind of out of the woods that on that. Uh, I think a number of the buyers uh, in the market, the publicly traded REITs, especially uh, when the, the stock market took a plunge, uh, when their stock was impacted, they certainly put their finger on the pause button. But it seems like everything's opened back up. We're starting to see more stuff on the market, and we're starting to see the full core press from buyers of all types. Well, that's interesting that um, you saw a bit of a, a pause there in the medical office buildings, uh, because in, in one sense, I kind of think of, well, those are tenants that, you know, are going to be in operations, they're going to be paying. And with all the money that seems to be out there trying to get deployed, it seems like um, there'd be a lot of buyers for medical office buildings right now. What do you experience in the market right now when, when you're marketing medical office buildings? 
Yeah, right now, here and today, when I take an institutional quality building to office, I'm getting a terrific response. And I'm getting a terrific response from all types of buyers now. The publicly traded REITs, large private equity, offshore funds, high net worth individuals, um, uh, private family trusts, I'm, I'm getting a very, very wide um, good response from these buyers. Is part of that less properties to choose from, less on the market? I, I certainly think that's part of it, but I think that a lot of these folks are so much pent up demand now and they, you know, they continue to raise capital and, um, and now there's probably as big a need to deploy that capital as, as they've ever had. Well, what's that doing to cap rate trends, Paul, in the medical office building world? You know, in, I feel like we've been talking about cap rate trends and again, 5 million and greater medical office buildings at six and a half percent for the last six or seven years. It seems like that's where it's been. And that is uh, where it is right now, six and a half, uh, the last four quarters. However, the second quarter of 2020, uh, Real Capital Analytics is reporting a 5.9%. And that's tremendous. And that was on about $1.6 billion worth of, of trades. Um, and I think that was because there was there was very, very few properties on the market. However, uh, third quarter, we're trending to be more about 6.4%, which is uh, kind of back to business, back to normal, what we expect to see in the end. And you're talking about kind of average cap rates on, on these sales, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the on-campus attached to the hospital, sponsored by the hospital, long-term triple net leased assets are going to bring phenomenal cap rates. Uh, an off-campus asset uh, that maybe doesn't have hospital sponsorship or shorter leases or something along those lines is certainly not going to trade. At a, at a stellar cap rate, so we are we are talking averages here. And how are these medical office buildings performing right now? Um, let's look at you know occupancy and vacancy. Is uh, is it kind of running uh, running the norm as usual? Or you know vacancy, we saw an all time low in vacancy uh, back in maybe the first and second quarters of 2018, where it was right about seven and a quarter percent. And that's outstanding a vacancy. And today uh, I'm looking at about 8.2%. Um, and I really view anything that's less than 10% vacancy, any, any single digit vacancy is outstanding. Yeah. And what about rental rate growth? Uh, what's the trend there in medical office space? You know, uh, rental rates have been, were fairly flat, have been since I'd say the beginning of 2019. They have trended upwards just slightly uh, recently, uh, but I'm thinking like 25 and 50 cents a square foot. I'm not talking, you know, dollars. Right. And a lot of the property types are experiencing uh, some issue through uh, this COVID in 2020 with their collections. Um, you're seeing these office building owners and talking to them every day. Uh, what are their collections doing? You know, the more sophisticated um, asset managers uh, that I've talked to about this have been reporting to me that they've been seeing collections in the ballpark of 95 to 97%, again, which is outstanding. Um, and, and you got to think there were a lot of people that applied for COVID relief and rent abatement or concession of some kind for the mere sake of applying for uh, for abatement or concession of some kind. 
Yeah. Maybe not necessarily that they needed it, um, but uh, that's that has been largely worked through. Uh, asset managers uh, take care of that, and at the end of the day, ninety-five to ninety-seven percent. I'm curious, Paul, what you think and and the clients that you talk to every day, how they feel about the future and the next few years to come. I mean, with all the government stimulus, um, a lot of the government municipalities kind of needing revenues uh, on revenues they've lost. What is their expectation for, you know, property taxes in the next few years for them to do and income taxes and transfer taxes and, you know, capital gains? I mean, there's even some talk of abolishing the 1031. You mentioned you thought there'd be a strong fourth quarter uh, in sales. Are some uh, asset managers kind of looking at, well, today we know what interest rates are low. We know there's high buyer demand. Um, and they're thinking, well, let's sell now before a lot of these taxes seemingly have to go up in the next few years. You know, taxes, uh, you know, in our world of medical office buildings, where the very overwhelming majority of leases are triple net or absolute net and are something that ultimately get passed through to the tenants. So if that were to turn into a really big concern, I think that it would impact rental rates more than it would um you know, let's say the underwriting on somebody who's buying an office building that had all for full service or gross leases, it's a very different world. Right. It's, it's not as big of a concern as. Right. So you're not hearing from any um, owners thinking about selling, kind of worried about uh, the outcome of the election or what uh, income tax and, and uh, capital gains tax rates and things might be in the in the immediate future. No, I, I've heard nothing about uh, the big concern with taxes. And as far as the election goes, and I remember uh, I had the same conversations with the same types of buyers in 2016, where I asked them straight up, do you think that your your buying habits or your investment strategy is going to be different uh, based on uh, who's in the White House? And the overwhelming response to me has always been, Paul, we buy medical office buildings for a living and we're going to continue to buy medical office buildings for a living, regardless of who's in the white house. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, good, Paul. And that's what you do. You sell them. So I'll let you get back to selling them. Thank you for joining us, sir. You bet. I appreciate your time. Appreciate being here. All right. Well, that was Paul Zeman with Bull Realty. If you have more questions from him, uh, check him out at bullrealty.com and stay with us. Next, we're going to talk to a principal developer and owner and talk to him about how the operations are going today and get some uh, uh, strategies for operations. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Site selection, marketing, and property due diligence has just changed. Check out Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. That's Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Use promo code CRE Show. You will love this product. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.
Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out. It is the ultimate in training for commercial agents. It's CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, we're talking about medical real estate. We're talking about health care uh, today. Please welcome my next guest. It's Chick Atkins. He's co-CEO of Atkins Companies, and they develop and buy medical office buildings, and they're headquartered in New Jersey. Chick, thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me, Michael. Nice I appreciate it. And the, the first thing I'd like to ask you is, you know, really kind of overall is the state of the medical office building, you know, market. You know, a lot of the regular office buildings have um, kind of paused in their sales. Uh, there's a lot of slowdown in, in the in sales market, investment sales. And then some of the tenants seem to be paying so far, but they're not really using their space. What do you see in your medical office buildings? Well, we're seeing uh, basically a much better story than that. And that, 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 that's one of the reasons that um, we pivoted. We've been in doing medical office for a long, long time, but uh, we also did a lot of general suburban office around here. And we pivoted a little more than a decade ago to, to focus on the medical real estate. And uh, I think what's happening during the crisis is an example of... Um, what we were thinking and envisioning. Uh, a lot of the suburban general office buildings are suffering. That our medical is doing well, basically, which is not to say that we didn't spend a month doing, uh, making some uh, temporary rent deferral deals for a number of our tenants when they asked because elective surgeries here in New Jersey, for example, were shut down for a couple of months. But, um, it's all getting paid back. All our tenants are coming back. They're all um, they're all basically back practicing in their space. So medical is sort of a recession resistant area, and even for this kind of pandemic, uh, is proving to be a very good area of the marketplace to be in. So here we are, the as we record this, about the third week of September of 2020. So um, most of your buildings are. The, the, the tenants are using all the spaces, their employees are, are coming in for the most part? The answer is yes, the short answer is yes. They're all back in their spaces. Um, uh, do I know whether they're back in 100%? I don't know, but um, anecdotally, we think that they are back to almost full occupancy, yes. Yeah. And and tell us about uh, kind of the impact of COVID-19 on on your tenants, on your buildings. Uh, kind of what are you seeing that's uh, different so far? Well, some of it, is, is, most of it is what I just alluded to. Uh, and you're right. Now we sit here in September and it was really around mid-March, particularly in the Northeast here, as you know, New Jersey, along with New York, was the one of the first uh, epicenters that the virus hit hard and um, things really shut down for a couple of months and the governor shut down any elective surgery, any non-emergency surgeries for a couple of months. So a lot of our tenants were really hurting for a couple of months. Uh, then it loosened up, they've started to see, now we're six, month, six months later and by and large, they're, they're, they're back to practicing. That's, that's where it's at. And the healthcare systems, we have a number of tenants that are healthcare systems, and they just continue to pay the rent, basically. And I, I think, honestly, their their focus was elsewhere on trying to 
contain the emergency situation of, of treating the virus. Yeah. And obviously, this pandemic's made uh, telemedicine uh, grow, uh, where a lot of these uh, practices are, are helping their patients uh, at home. Uh, have you noticed that, and, and, and has that had any impact uh, on, on your operations or, or the, the tenants' operations that you've seen? Uh, it has not had any immediate impact on, on our properties and, and our portfolio. But I will say that uh, for those of us that really try to track and predict as best we can the, the trends in healthcare, which is not an easy thing to do, um, telemedicine is something that we were keeping an eye on uh, before the pandemic hit. And, and the crisis certainly um, sort of uh, put it on track on steroids. The use of telemedicine and a lot of older specialists that were not doing it at all started to do it and are using it uh, somewhat. Um, as I said, I, I, I don't see any immediate impact on our portfolio, but I do see it certainly as a longer term impact, especially on certain types of practices, primary care groups, uh, family practices, those kinds of groups. Tele the use of telemedicine is, is, is not going away. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be interesting if uh, if you were my doctor, we were sitting here on video and I was moving my elbow like this. And I told you, Jack, uh, it, it hurts. My elbow hurts when I move it like this. You tell me, well, don't move it like that. Right. You know, when the, the, the guys that I talk to and I talk to a lot of them uh, uh, on a daily basis, um, they particularly the older ones, but they, they, you know they don't want to lose the, the personal touch of of seeing someone in, in person and the, and the you know the ability to diagnose that comes out of that. Uh, but I do see telemedicine is going to continue to evolve, and what's probably going to happen is you're going to have tools at home or or, or nearby. They're going to be where if you're doing this with your arm. You know, you may, you, you'll probably, will have you with a blood pressure thing nearby, and they'll be able to take certain vitals, you know, right over and, and get some immediate feedback. So, as I say, that's going to continue to evolve and certainly be a factor yeah. in medicine. Yeah, bring, but it's yeah, our belief. Bring. Look, uh, Michael, it's our general belief, and the reason we're still very uh, uh, optimistic about the the area is that is going to stay and evolve, but the need for healthcare space is is not going away either. Right, right, yeah. That, I mean, that's not. a short-term answer, right? Yeah. Right, and, I, and uh, a lot yeah. of us are not getting young, not getting any younger. We we know that too. You know the demographics, so. Yeah, you get the baby boomers getting older, needing more health care, and you just also have a more health conscious, uh, you know, America, especially now uh, with COVID. So I certainly agree. Um, and you mentioned, you know, people uh, with telemedicine, maybe getting uh, services closer to their home. Um, and another thing that that. Uh, as we were talking before the interview, uh, a lot of these uh, healthcare practices are moving into alternative uh, locations and and retail locations and things like that. What do you guys see? Yes, I was giving you one of those examples, uh, and uh, I'll talk about that. So we uh, there was a long time in development. We did a big development down in southern Jersey, really closer to the Philadelphia area, 
where it's a, a, a multi-use track. We had an, a, a partner who uh, is an expert apartment builder. We had over 300 apartments there. We got approvals for 100 townhomes on the site, but we also uh, had a medical office building, 40,000 foot building. We partnered with Rothman Orthopedics, who is one of the top couple of orthopedic groups in the country, over 200 docs out of the Philadelphia area. And they're now expanding all over the Northeast. So they were our partner. We developed, a, as I said, a 40,000 foot building with them. Uh, they took a long-term lease on half the building. We filled it with really quality tenants, uh, Jefferson Health Imaging, a uh, top-notch local cardiology group. And because of that, there was also 30,000 feet of retail space that we were gonna fill with traditional retail. But what has happened with the difficulties in retail and, and um, as we were talking about large medical groups wanting branding, just like other big met, uh, retail companies, over half of the retail space is going to end up as medical space in a retail building type setting where there's no lobbies, no common areas. You're walking right into the to your uh, physician's offices. And that that's a trend that uh, people that our industry is seeing all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. That that seems likely. Um, and certainly a lot of the retail properties um, uh, need tenants. And that's a good use when you have put uh, medical tenants in buildings that were designed for retail uh, what kind of challenges uh, did you find what did you have to do to to make those spaces work for them so we, we we did you do go back to the architect and make certain design changes uh it's it's not that well let, let me say this uh one of the buildings we hadn't built yet so we went back before it was built. When you're, it, it's a different story if you're taking an existing building and doing it. Uh, the d design challenges uh, may be a little uh, stronger there, and it, and it all depends. It depends on the medical tenant you get. You, you may have to up the electric. You, you're certainly likely to cut the floors to put new plumbing in. Uh, for what's needed uh, for a medical use, uh, you know the position of the of the entrance doors, those kinds of a thing, those kinds of things. Yeah, we um, we were charged with a client uh, uh, to sell a f big box furniture store that retail had kind of moved from that intersection, if you will, and moved to the next one off the, the highway, and so retailers really didn't want it, um, and we ended up taking that entire building. And, and, and converting it to one for one medical tenant. And boy, they've been a great tenant there there ever since. So uh, it makes sense. Well, Jake, what would you leave our audience with uh, related to you know, medical office buildings and, and the healthcare industry uh, moving forward uh, post COVID? Well, my, my, my basic takeaways for a long-term view are the same post COVID as they were pre COVID. Uh, I think that the medical office uh, industry is a really strong niche. I think it's proving itself out in the pandemic, but it proved itself out in, in previous recessions as well. Um, if you wanna be in this field, I think it's vitally important to stay abreast of the changing nature of healthcare delivery. You just, you talked to Michael about a big box going to a single tenant. Um, that is the trend. 
is healthcare systems uh, building bigger buildings or taking over bigger existing buildings and integrating and putting in an integrated practice with many different disciplines in it. Uh, we developed in my career a lot of buildings with a lot of smaller physician practices, and they were great, but those style buildings are by and large going away. Uh, you're either getting larger healthcare systems or you're getting larger groups like the Rothman group that I mentioned. Um, every healthcare system has their own medical group of, of own physician practices. So they're joining them together in, in larger, more integrated buildings. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. My, uh, Paul Zeman, who sells medical office buildings here at our shop, when people ask him, what's medical office uh, uh, like? And he says, well, it's just like regular office, but it's a lot more complicated. And, and it's really, I guess the whole industry is getting a little more complicated with these uh, hub and spoke and, and taking it to the, to the patients directly. Uh, Chick, yeah. thanks for joining us. Great information. Thank you for being with us, sir. Thanks so much, Michael. Nice to be with you. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. Let us know what you think. Uh, please connect with us on your favorite social media and reach out if you have any thoughts or questions. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Incredible analysis using smartphone technology. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.